Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. Well, it's not the Book of Mormon podcast, but it's a Book of Mormon podcast. Maybe it could become the Book of Mormon podcast. Uh, No, okay. This uh, discussion is going to be on Alma chapter 6, and this is kind of a transition between two talks. Uh, Alma 5 was a discourse, and Alma 7 is going to be another talk. So this is kind of in between. It kind of bridges the gap. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 1. And now it came to pass that after Alma had made an end of speaking unto the people of the church, which was established in the city of Zarahemla, he ordained, and he does that by the laying on of hands, the hands laid upon the head of the recipient of the ordination are a symbolic representation of the hands of the Lord. That was by Millet McConkie. He ordained priests. Millet McConkie said, Book of Mormon prophets gave the high priest or gave the title priest to officers known in this dispensation as high priests. That is, they were priests of the Melchizedek priesthood, or as Alma expressed it, the Lord ordained priests after his holy order, which was after the order of his son. Since there were no Aaronic priesthood among the Nephites in Alma's day, there being none of the lineage empowered in pre-Meridian times to hold that priesthood, in other words, Levites, there was no need to distinguish between priests of the lesser and greater priesthoods and elders by laying on his hands according to the order of God to preside and watch over the church. Alma held priesthood keys to be able to give the priesthood to others and to organize the church. Verse 2, And it came to pass that whosoever did not belong to the church who repented of their sins were baptized unto repentance and were received into the church. And it came to pass that whatsoever or whosoever did belong to the church, they did not repent of their wickedness and humble themselves before God. I mean, those who were lifted up in the pride of their hearts, the same were rejected and their names were blotted out, that their names were not numbered among those of the righteous. Alma is straightening things out in the church. Those who repented were baptized. Those members who did not repent were excommunicated. And thus they began to establish the order of the church in the city of Zarahemla. Now I would that ye should remember, ye should understand that the word of God was liberal unto all, that none were deprived of the privilege of assembling themselves together to hear the word of God. Nevertheless, the children of God references references to baptized members of the church, those who are who by covenant have been born again and thereby received into the family of Jesus Christ. That's in the doctrinal commentary of the Book of Mormon. Nevertheless, the children of God were commanded that they should gather themselves together oft. The Grand Richards said, We do not want to neglect our prayers. We do not want to neglect attendance at our sacrament meetings. We do not want a spirit of darkness to come over us. I want to bear testimony to you, Latter-day Saints, as a result of my own experience and training and that of my children, that I know of no better way that we can keep the spirit of, of God burning in our souls and in their souls than by attending sacrament meetings. Continuing verse 6, and join in fasting and mighty prayer in behalf of the welfare of the souls of those who knew God, who knew not God. Now it came to pass that when Alma had made these regulations, he departed from them, yea, from that 
from the church which was in the city of Zarahemla and went over upon the east of the river Sidon into the valley of Gideon, there having been a city built which was called the city of Gideon, which was in the valley that was called Gideon, being called after the man who was slain by the hand of Nehor with the sword. And Alma went and began to de declare the word of God unto the church which was established in the valley of Gideon, according to the revelation of the truth of the word which had been spoken by his fathers. And according to the spirit of prophecy, which was in him, according to the testimony of Jesus Christ, the son of God, who should come to redeem his people from their sins and the holy order by which he was called. And thus it is written. Amen. So that's the end of chapter six. Well, let me just read you a couple more things here. He says, uh, this is Joseph Smith. Many of the sects cry out, oh, I have the testimony of Jesus. I have the spirit of God, but away with Joe Smith. He says he is a prophet, but there are to be no prophets or revelators in the last days. Stop, sir. The revelator says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So by your own mouth, you are condemned. If any person should ask me if I were a prophet, I should not deny it, as that would give me the lie. For according to John, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Therefore, if I profess to be a witness or teacher and have not the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, I must be a false witness. But if I be a true teacher and witness, I must possess the spirit of prophecy, and that constitutes a prophet. And any man who says he is a teacher or a preacher of righteousness and denies the spirit of prophecy is a liar and the truth is not in him. And by this key, false teachers and impostors may be detected. Joseph Fielding Smith said that the prophet Joseph has said that every member of the church should be a prophet, meaning, of course, that he should have that testimony of Jesus and keep himself in perfect accord with the spirit of the Lord so that he could recognize truth and the Lord could reveal the truth to him so that he might comprehend it. Every man in the church has the right to receive revelation for his own guidance, but not for the guidance of the church. So that's the end of the chapter. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, and hopefully one day this podcast will become the Book of Mormon podcast. Talk to you later. Bye.